Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. After a break, we are back to talk more NASCAR. Jordan Bianchi, my coworker, is there at the track. My name is Jeff Gluck, and it is a very late night, very, very late night after a long delay. It was a late start to begin with, um, and then a three-hour or something red flag. Jordan... Uh, Boy, how are you holding up? How, how long have you been at the track today, Jordan? What time did you get there? Uh, garage opened at one, so right around then. So it's it's the net that you got there one p.m. yesterday. It's after midnight, uh, Nashville yeah. time now. So right. yeah, it'll be easily at twelve. Well, time we get done with time we get done with the podcast, it'll be twelve hours. Plus, you got writing to do. Yeah. Yeah. You, you look tired. Uh, n- nothing, nothing. I'm not saying you, you know, you you have wrinkles or bags under your eyes, not like that, but you just, you look, uh, you look like you've had a long day. Yeah. It, it hit me all of a sudden. It's been a long, but good one. You know what though? I will say it, it's this race surprised me because I didn't think we were going to have a lot. This was going to deliver. And it did. I thought it was a really, really good competitive race. And it was, it was exciting because you had guys on different strategies. You had guys who were good on long runs and short runs and, some of the battles we saw at, at different points, whether it was Truex and Hamlin at the end of the stage one and two, whether it was um, Chastain and Truex and Kevin Harvick at one point, this was a really racy race. You know, we went into it not knowing exactly what it was going to be like, especially with the next gen car. And everybody was saying, well, you know, maybe the closest thing you could compare it to is maybe Dover. Uh, another concrete track, obviously Dover's one mile. This is a mile and a third. So you're like, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, Dover's so high banked, you know, maybe, maybe there's some comparison there, but you remember Dover happened to be a really good race. And it was like, oh, did the next gen car maybe save Dover? Um, (laughs) you know, and, and uh, I think something similar here, not, not that, uh, you know, last year's Nashville race was decent for sure. But, um, you know, this, this was, uh, I, I agree better than anticipated and better than it started out too. Um, yeah. because you know, I, I think you, you mentioned the battles at the end of the stages were, were, were good, but for the most part, the stages stage one and two, it was like, ah, that's all right. But it really, it really got interesting. Um, after they got back to green, um, following the rain delay and stuff that, that got, uh, you know, you saw a variety of different leaders and, uh, yeah, you weren't sure exactly what was going to happen. Um, but it certainly seemed like whatever was going to happen, it was probably going to be a Toyota in victory lane uh, until it wasn't. Uh, J, I mean, <laughs> JGR in particular. Well, that's a night that has to just cause you to like bang your head against the wall. You do everything right, and then it comes down to a late caution, and you're just, what do you do? Okay, Jeff, let's play a game. You're a crew chief. You pit that. You pit that position. Well, 
obviously it's it's very easy to say no now because you know how many cars like tire wear wasn't that significant well obviously you know it depends how many cars are going to stay out um i think obviously more stayed out than they anticipated right because if you think well okay we're all going to do the opposite of what elliot does in this situation and it like let's say he we know he's he's we see him stay out so let's pit right and then you think okay well he's going to be hung out to try you don't think that that many cars are maybe going to stay out however what i what i would say is and i know they don't coordinate like this but you would at least think they would do some sort of split strategy with the jgr cars to not all be in the same boat (laughs) to completely destroy their night i mean hamlin truex and kyle bush combined to lead 250 out of the 300 laps that were in this race and they did not win and two of those cars finished outside the top 20 yeah and the funny thing is pit call and the funny thing is is kyle was good on the short runs truex and hamlin were better on the long run so you've got both ends of that spectrum covered but Truex was exceptional on restarts too. And he was going to restarts. And you put him all the way in the back and, you know, and Kyle Busch took Kyle, Kyle Busch to only take two tires and put him behind a bunch of other cars. I mean, that was just, you know, obviously if, if you leave him up there, probably worst case, he finishes second. Maybe, yeah. Right? See, and this is where I think crew chiefs tend to overthink is I look at it and it's a little probably simplistic, but there wasn't a significant amount of tire wear. That race was restarted with a very few number of laps to go. It's like, you know what? We're going to be able to hang on here and at least gives ourselves a fighting chance to maybe win this race, you know. But if we pit, you get stuck in traffic. Like you said, you know there's going to be some people that try to stay out. You're going to get stuck behind guys. And we weren't, we didn't see a lot of guys on restarts tonight being able to pick off a ton of positions. That happened a couple times. Chastain had one moment there. But for largely it was kind of a gradual thing. So I, to me, this was, it feels clear cut. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like Darlington, right. No, or old exactly. Atlanta or something where you have, okay, Hey, we've got four laps to go here, but we have new tires and we're going to rock it through the field. You know, we don't need, we don't need to worry about dirty air or whatever. We're, we're just going to just blow by everybody. Um, yeah. Like you said, I, I, I don't think we saw any sort of evidence of that, but again, you don't know how many are going to stay out. Um, I, I don't know. It's tough. It's it's again. It's it's just so. It's such a slam dunk, easy thing to second guess this one. Was, that I'm trying to give guess. them the benefit a, of the doubt. This was a first guess. This was a yeah. no. What are you doing? You, yeah. you you are not giving yourself a chance in this scenario, or even like you're just you're going to get buried in traffic. You're, you're just you're not. Yeah, I. That's, that's it's a tough, tough one. That's a tough it's, one. That, that's why I think it's one of the losses. Like you walk away from here and you're just like, damn, we let that one go. What was the highest car um, that got up there? Do you know? Um, oh, I guess it was uh, Chastain. Yeah. Chastain pitted. Yep. And he's and the one who made big moves. He got up to fourth. Hamlin yep. pitted. Uh, or no, he got up to fifth. Hamlin pit up, pitted and he got up to sixth. Right. Um, so yeah, but that, yeah, that was it. So the top five, uh, they all stayed out and they all finished there. Yeah. The only thing you can say is like, okay, we're going to pit for tires. We're going to gobble up a bunch of positions and then we're going to hope for another caution. And then that's that's what you, and that's the only really thing. And you almost got that. 
But again, you, you kind of take, I, I just feel like you're on, you're taking it out of your hand then, and you're hoping for things to work out where if you stay out, you can just, you can, you're making your bed, but you, at least you can control your fate to some degree. Now you said, uh, they almost got that caution. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about that since you brought it up. Uh, we're obviously we're going to jump around tonight. We're both tired. Uh, so excuse our lack of linear sort of narrative through this podcast, but Brad Kozlowski hits the wall. Um, NASCAR does not throw a caution. He's limping around the track. He makes it to the apron. looks like he pretty much stopped. Yeah. didn't spin. Um, yeah. they did not throw the caution though. And then, so of course, everybody on Twitter says, well, of course you didn't throw it because, uh, you know, Chase Elliott is leading, so they're not going to take it away from the most popular driver. Carson Hosevar, I don't know. Did you see his tweet? I, yeah, I believe, wasn't like the a crying Jimmy towel. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It was an old Jimmy Spencer clip of the crying towel yeah. when Dale Jr. was leading a race, and he gave the crying towel to NASCAR because he, he said, most popular drivers leading the race, you're not going to throw the caution, essentially. Um, now, Here's my thought on it. I'm not outraged by this because we've seen so many times when somebody's rolling or somebody wants a caution to come out to help them, right? Like they don't want to lose all their positions. Um, Kozlowski ends up finishing two laps down because he didn't get the caution. How do you know that he can't, like when he's slowing down to stop his car essentially and doesn't make the pit road, how do you know that he can't keep going. And how do you know he's not just doing it on purpose? If you're NASCAR and he's off the track, I, I get that it's dicey. I get that it's borderline for sure. Com- especially compared to other incidents that we normally see. But this one, I, I really don't have a huge problem with them uh, holding the yellow on that. What what, what do you think? I, I'm fine with it. I, the only question I have is, was there debris on the racetrack? Cause it was hard to tell. I mean, if he's putting debris on the racetrack, then probably would want to caution because you don't want to see someone cut a tire at speed, but I was okay with it. I, I, I get on that. We've, we've been on NASCAR before where they, they have a very quick finger and that caution comes out and you're like, what, what, what are we doing here? This to me felt like let it play out. It's okay. Um, I was, I was fine with this and I don't think any whole, oh, well, Chase Elliott's leading. They don't want to take that away from like, they, I just, that to me, just, that's an old narrative. It's a really old tired narrative. I, I was fine because, you know, I thought, okay, look, he's not on the track. Um, and I just thought, let's, let's see how this, you know, let's give these, these leaders a chance to settle this with the restart by themselves without doing another restart, possibly tearing up more stuff, you know, earlier in the race, that first lightning delay, they called a caution for Josh Balicki after he had sort of like gotten up in the wall or something and he kept rolling. And, um, you know, it was like a really weird, odd sort of caution. Like he just lost speed or something. And they said it was for possible debris. And I was almost about to get like fired up about it. And then the lightning delay hit immediately as part of that <laughs> caution. So I was like, well, it's a moot point, but that that's the kind of thing I have a problem with. Like I, I have a more problem with the quick trigger than like, okay, let's see how this develops here. Like you said. Um, so I think they saw it obviously. And they said, you know what? Like, let's just, let's let it play out. It's not a safety hazard at this moment. Um, you know, if he had spun onto the track or something, they probably would have had no choice, but, uh, I, I, I was fine. Now I understand all the Twitter conspiracy theories and stuff, but I, I just didn't, 
I, I'm I'm not gonna get fired up over this one. So well, well, I was hoping for a rant. Well, we can rant about other things, but not that. <laughs> oh, I know I I know where the rant's coming. So I know. Well, we it? can save no, we can save that for later. Let's talk about Chase Elliott because okay. Concrete Chase oh, um, has now won. Uh, <laughs> I'm already both- tired of this nickname. <laughs> You know what? I, I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, you need somebody to replace Concrete Carl, and it's uh, there's not many concrete tracks, and so uh, you know, I think it's it's interesting to see. I mean, the, maybe it's not going to last. Okay, you know, maybe maybe by the time they get to Bristol Night Race, uh, it'll be different. But he's he's good at Bristol. He could he could win. They almost won there last year until he and Kevin Harvick mixed, mixed it up. Yes, you remember that well. Um, <laughs> seer to seer to do your memory <laughs> yeah. and tape recorder that you won't play for us forever. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, I think it's an interesting narrative in that, you know, there was a lot of similarities between this Dover race and the Nashville race, uh, aside from just being concrete and Chase Elliott winning the, the thing we'll talk about later with the late start time that almost, <laughs> uh, you know, they could have gotten it in, uh. um, but I, I think it's, you know, I, I'm always sort of like, even with the concrete Carl thing, you're always kind of like, all right, like, does the track surface really make a difference for like, can, can a driver really run on some sort of surface better than another? I still feel like, no, it's not really like, Oh, I I'm, I'm so good on concrete. I, you know, whatever, but, um, Hey, he's two for two in the next gen era on concrete. So until somebody beats him, uh, I think it's somewhat of an interesting, (laughs) you know, storyline to look at. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's the narrative is, you know, Chase Elliott for a year did not win on, an old, you know, right. it was just, he's, he had two wins on road courses last year and it was what's going on here, especially in light of the fact that his teammate was winning all of these races and Elliot is now starting to string together consistent finishes. He's got two wins now over the last, uh, what, six races or so, um, winds his points lead in the championship. This, and I think to me, the narrative is we're starting to see the 18, the 11, the one, the nine are really the four teams that we are seeing up front on a consistent basis. And, you know, for a while now it's been, well, this, you know, one week, this team is good. And then they fall off the cliff the next, and it's been up and down. We're starting to see on a really consistent basis. These four teams be pretty darn good every week. And the nine has been the best out of them. And this win with the bonus points and now widening his regular season championship, that, that's a nice that's a nice thing to have in your basket going into the playoffs if you can if you can finish this out because you're going to need the, this playoffs is shaping up to be wild and if you can get all these bonus points and everything else it's going to help your cause a lot yeah i think it's really interesting though because you know this could have very gone very easily gone a different way had you know cautions not shaken out the way they had had the pit strategy not shaken out sure. the way they had because the toyotas were really fast you know, and we can't overlook that. We, we talked about, wow, they, you know, they, they miss an opportunity, but I mean, if you're going to come away from this race and saying, well, who do you think is really good right now? Uh, Toyota seems to have found something. Sure. No doubt. So that's, you you know, they don't get the finishes tonight, but they certainly had the speed and you know, it's, we're not going to be able to sort of measure it again in the next few weeks. Um, because you know, first it's road America, then it's Atlanta super speedway style, but you know, I'm, I'm already looking at New Hampshire now and going, Hmm. Pocono's a great test too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, 
Michigan after that. I mean, there's going to be there's some good stretch of tracks up here though, where you're it's a horsepower aerodynamic. You 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 start to see a little bit of where everybody kind of stacks up. Well, and the thing is too, like let's say this JGR speed that they found here that they showed carries over to like a New Hampshire, and they've mm-hmm. made gains from what they showed at Phoenix when they were they talked about early in the season that was our worst race. That was our worst race. Let's say they've showed gains there. And this is really like the start of a trend. Then I think you really have to take the JGR cars much more seriously as a championship threat and Toyota in general, because, um, you know, let's face it, Kurt Busch, uh, he, he ends up finishing second, but Bubba Wallace would have had a top five easily, um, without oh. two things happening. Number one, uh, his pit crew again, screwing him. Maybe, I mean, first of all, do you, is it an exaggeration to say that Bubba uh, Wallace's pit crew may be the worst pit crew for a major team in NASCAR history. Is that an exaggeration? I don't. Have you ever? Can you ever recall a driver for? I will. I, a, and nothing a, is coming to immediate mind. Let's just put it that way. I am sure there's something out there where you're like, "Oh my goodness, how can they do that?" But this is bad. I mean, this is this is week in, week out, bumbling, like horrendous, like expected like how are they going to like i was listening i knew bubba so going into this race bubba had i knew bubba had a fast race car and i thought he was kind of i, I thought he had a really good chance to win this race and so looking he at did this, <laughs> he did yeah, have a good chance so i proved that and i'm like this is going to be the store this is going to be my story and i'm and I'm, so I'm really intently listening to him and monitoring him and i'm like i would and i was taking notes from pit stop one because i was ready to document this of like this is going to happen at some point. And sure enough, it did. It's so predictable. That's the thing. And it's just bad. And in the frustration, uh, and I go back and forth on it and I understand this frustration and, it, and it's, it, it, I get it. And the other part of it is, is you got to be able to push that pass because you still had a good race car tonight. And it's just how this team just keeps fumbling over Charlotte, Kansas tonight. Those are three races where they had arguably the best race car on the racetrack and they went 0 for 3 and there's a real good chance they end up missing the playoffs because they couldn't figure this out. Yeah, I mean, he's 24th in points still. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, he, he's in a must-win position. I think Dustin Albino uh, had tweeted that this is maybe like potentially his seventh loose wheel of the season. Um, I mean, this just... Uh, I mean, gosh, it, it, it's, and especially like, it's not just like you said, it, um, it's not like they were just running 20th or something and he had a loose wheel. Um, this is, they, they've really found speed. It feels like lately he yeah. was fastest in practice. He was fastest, not only in single lap run, but on 10 lap run, he had a bad qualifying effort, but he drives up, up into the top 10 by the end of stage one. Uh, it seems like, wow, they've really, they're really showing something here. And uh, it, it just, I, I was listening to the same as you. I was listening to their radio when it happened. It, it wasn't shown on TV right away. I think they were in a commercial or something. And I was like, cause I, so I couldn't see it, but I was listening to this happen of booty Barker yelling, stop, stop, stop. And then Freddie Kraft says, uh, yeah, we stopped. And then we just got run over from behind. Uh, and then they're like, you know, it's it just, just, it's just one error after another that keeps compounding. It's okay. We screwed up the pit stop. So we got a loose wheel. And then you call your driver out and then it's, you tell them to stop. Well, there, you know, there's other cars coming and it's a narrow, you know, it's a little narrow access road. So what, what do you think is going to happen? 
well, I mean, clearly you're thinking the wheel is going to come off. I'm going to be taking a four week break (laughs) along with my uh, pit crew members who are already struggling to begin with. And you're going to have to bring up backup guys. But he was at stall three too, at the end of very end of pit road. So it's like, it just, he's off a pit road so quick. It's like, he's already passed the the line. It's just, there's just, I don't know. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. And the, you know, the questions you ask, like, how do you fix this? Everybody knows there's a problem, but like the, one of the issues is, is they basically get their, they get their pit crew from Joe Gibbs racing. So it's kind of out of their hands and how they go about doing this. And you're just at the mercy of, of JGR and hopefully they can figure it out. And I think it was noticeable tonight. It was on was it, oh shoot, was it Martin Trix Jr.'s pit stop though? This new choreography that they had where one guy got hung up because of, the, but because of the choreography, it hung, it basically stacked up everybody behind them. And they're just not good. They're just, they're struggling right now across the board. Denny Hamlin had a pit stop. He lost six spots tonight. Christopher Bell had an, an issue. This is just across the board in the, in the Toyota camp. They're struggling right now on pit road and it has been a season long thing and it's getting worse, not better. Can you imagine if those six or seven loose wheels, whatever Bubba's had this year, if each time instead of like trying to hurry or whatever, and, and, you know, Oh, we're trying to get them out quickly and we left a wheel loose or the wheel came off, whatever. If they just taken another second, let's say, let's say it cost them three spots on pit road per time. He would gladly take that every time. I mean, of course he'd say, oh, I wish you guys were faster, but like tonight, would you rather lose three or four spots on pit road while they're making sure it's like extra on extra tight? Or would you rather have what happened? I mean, it's like a no brainer. I don't understand why, like, okay. The first, second time this happens, you're like, okay, like that's, that's too bad. But after that, you would think that Everybody would sit down and go, look, look, guys, we're not going to rush our pits. We've, we've got to just get him out of the stall. We cannot keep sabotaging ourselves, ruining our races when he has to win to get in. Like what is, he can make that up on the track. It's early in the race. Just get him out with the wheels on. I mean, that's like the most basic, you know, it is. I I don't get it. I, I, I don't, I was asking the questions during the race and after the race, the people, I, I don't understand. And I will say the people at, being asked this, I asked his crew chief this and he's like, that's a reasonable question to ask. I said, why does this keep happening? That's a, that's a really good question to ask. I don't know. It just does. It's not because we're not trying hard or it just mistakes keep happening, but it's like, you almost have to, it's the old adage. You need to, to go faster. You almost need to slow down. I mean, the other thing that I don't understand is the JGR pit crews are like elite. You know, like the, well, every, everybody, yeah. So what's going on there? I don't understand what's happening there. Like they have a great program. Um, you know, they, they obviously put a lot, you know, there was that tweet this week where, uh, Hamlin's guy had re-signed, a, you know, a new contract. Yeah, and, Jack Van. yeah. And they're like, you know, hey, you know, they made a big deal out of it. Like they really care like a lot about their pit crews and how much emphasis they put into it. I, I just don't understand how this can keep happening over and over for a JGR supplied pit crew. Um, I mean, I'm sure Denny is just like beside himself. You'd think he has gone to, to Gibbs already and been like, like he's, you know, he's said as much. I mean, he said publicly, like he's frustrated. He's like, you know, on the, he goes there as a driver and he has the, the JGR competition meeting and he talks about his team. And then he goes in on 
like Tuesday or Wednesday and meets with the pit crew. And it's like a completely different level of, of frustration. And you have to just throw up your hands at this point. Kurt Busch, I thought was great. Like, and the one thing I think that's coming out of this is like, people aren't going to blame Bob on this because he's, he's doing the job. Like it's, you know, it's under, he's doing what he needs to do and he's putting himself in position to have good finishes and good runs and, and if everything goes well, maybe a win, but his team is letting him down. And that's where I come back of, if you're Bubba, is it worth bad mouthing your guys on the radio to the level that he did tonight? Cause it, to me, it almost felt like he almost crossed the line. Well, uh, I mean, first of all, I personally would think if I was, I would like to think if I was a driver that there were, cause there's really no point in, do they already feel bad? They screwed up. Right. Yeah. So whether it's, I mean, and I'm not talking about Bubba in particular, Kevin Harvick, uh, Truex in the past, you know, the Bush brothers, whoever yeah. is going to rip their pit crews. Um, I personally don't think that that's the greatest motivational tactic. However, I can understand, I can certainly understand Bubba's exactly. frustration. It, yeah, like I get it all. Like I understand why he's frustrated, but like MFing your crew guys though is and, and telling your crew chief, don't talk to me the rest of the night. Like that's a, yeah. uh, I mean, that's look, you're, you're, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, you're in a heathen battle. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's tough to, the frustration we feel has to be a thousand <laughs> times. You know, frustrating we feel for, for watching I, this happen. I watched, and, and, so I was going to say, yeah, 100%. I, wa- I walked down to the, during the, the stoppage, I walked down the, to pit road and I watched Bubba get out of his race car and he took his helmet and he did a Kevin Harvick Bristol smash. You know what I'm talking about? Just took it and just boom. Except like, not on his glasses. Except not on his glasses. And it was like, yeah, like, and he just stone face walked off and that he was like that post race too, where he just walked off and he's like, like, he's like, what can I, there's nothing to say. And and that's basically what he said. And he just walked away and it's, I I get it. I just, I don't know. I I don't know. uh, It's a frustrating situation and it's, it's gotta be killing him because you're, you're doing everything you can and you know that there's a spotlight on you because you drive for MJ's team. You're, you're expected to do well and you're going to get the brunt of, the the hammer of why you're not doing well whether it's fair or not i mean dude how would you like to i mean michael jordan was there at that race what do you think michael jordan after watching the last dance and all that stuff what do you think michael jordan thinks of that pit crew's performance oh i was hoping he was going to come down a like mid i was hoping he's gonna like pull a chad canals at texas in 2010 like come down mid mid race and just let him have it that's that that's what i was hoping for yeah. And by the way, when I say, uh, f- the frustration watching it, I-, I have no dog in the fight. I I don't care. It's just when you see something happen over and over again to whoever, and you feel like you're, you know, whether it's, it's somebody speeding thing. penalties or whatever, you're just like, Oh my God, this is just frustrating to watch. It's like, just stupid. Like what, what are they doing? You know, it just seems like the basics. So yeah. Crazy, crazy. But yeah, anyway, uh, so he could have had a good run. Uh, as it is, he ended up finishing eight spots ahead of, uh, or nine spots ahead of Kyle Busch. <laughs> I mean, just that just sums it up right there um, for Toyota. Poor Toyota. Did Kyle, did Kyle, on TV, did they talk to Kyle at all? 
Oh no, no. I, no. And I and I watched the whole Peacock post race yeah. show too. No, they didn't talk to Kyle or Truex or I'm sure they were immediately gone. Uh, I don't know what happened too because Kyle restarted 11th um, on those two tires, and he ends up finishing 21st. Did he get caught behind Brad though? It looked like. Am I? Did I see that Maybe, wrong? Maybe I guess. I, I, I never saw a replay of the finish, so I don't know exactly what happened. Something yeah. happened. I. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Poof. But anyway, Toyotas have speed, so that was what I was. That was my, the start of my point long ago when we were talking about Elliot and the narrative <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's. You're right in that. Um, you know. I, the, the pattern is starting to, to develop where you have, you know, an Elliot and a Chastain and a couple JGR cars. Um, you didn't mention Larson in that. He's he, right there, but there's just something off. They're just not to that level yet. They're not leading a bunch of laps. That's the, the thing that jumps out to me is mm-hmm. these other guys are up front. They're leading a bunch of laps. Larson's I feel like he's ready to break out and kind of go on this run, but it's it, he's just that little titch behind everyone else right now. And I put Logano in that camp too. And Blaney. Yeah, Blaney's got to get a win. I mean, that's that's the Blaney thing. Like, I mean, and this is the thing we've talked about for him for years. Is that last year was the exception? He won three races, but he he goes through every year. It feels like we'd say. Close call, close call, close call. Leads a bunch of laps, and then he doesn't win. And like tonight, the car, he started off really good, got really bad, spun out, hit the brake, you know, brushed the wall, and then rallied back and leaves with a decent finish. But like, when is he going to start to st- string together consistent high finishes, lead a bunch of laps, and, and get some wins? That's that's what differentiates him with everybody else right now. They all at least have one. He's got zero. Well, yeah, I mean, you still you still don't feel like super confident about the Fords, though, in general. Um, no. I mean, now that Toyota, you know, it was for a while it was, it was Chevy, and now the Toyota seemed to have more speed, and you just you see the Fords have some flashes. But uh, you know, another person I want to talk about was um, William Byron because you know he was up there, he was second in points as recently as the Darlington race, mm-hmm. which is not that long ago. That was last month. Now he's ninth in points. Um, they've, they've just completely fallen off the map. They haven't had, so he, he won at Martinsville in that terrible Martinsville race. And that was his second win of the year. And everybody was saying, Ooh, Byron, Byron, this is maybe his year. He's gotten one top 10 since then. It was a ninth place finish at Sonoma. Um, you know, they, yeah. they just don't seem like they, I, I don't know. They, uh, what, what's happened to them? Well, it's a little bit misleading because you got to remember though, they were, a half a lap away from winning at Darlington, maybe. So that would have been the third win. That's true. That's um, true. Or sec- he would have finished yeah. second at least. So then, him then the next right. week at Kansas, they had they let a bunch of laps there, had a good car, and they had the mechanical issue, and he had to rally back. He had a fast car at Charlotte, got caught up in a wreck there. I mean, they, they've had fast car. They just haven't had the finishes. That's the problem. And so, yeah, I mean, it, you'd like to see a little bit more consistency from them. But they're in a much better spot than their teammate Alex Bowman, who's going the other, who's not even like really in the mix at all. I mean, you've got Elliott as the points leader, you got Larson right there. Byron's been better than he's ran. What's going on with Bowman? That's my question. Yeah, but okay, so you say that, right? Which and I I don't find much fault in that. However, 
when you look at the actual raw point standings, not the playoff standings, but the point standings, um, Byron only has seven more points than Bowman. Byron's ninth in points and Bowman's 10th in points. Bowman has Bowman's ahead of Kevin Harvick in the standings. And Bowman's got a four spot better average finish than William Byron, which is crazy to think about, but Bowman, you just contradicted yourself. No, but I'm looking at it though. But Bowman has led all of 18 laps this year. So, I mean, he's just, he's not, he's, he's muscling out these decent finishes, but he's not doing anything. I mean, he's led 16 laps at Vegas and he won there. And since winning at Vegas, he's led all of two laps. That's not, that's not good. That's not what you should. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, it's an it's a it's sort a, of Eric Almarola ish type yeah, season. It's, so yeah, that's a great way to put it. The stats are a little bit misleading. I think that's the best way to say it. Yeah, yeah. Well, another uh, uh, the 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 sixteen different winners uh, gets another blow to the heart. Uh, so maybe that's finally time to close that chapter. Even though we flirt with, we we go back and forth all the time, but. I, yeah, I can think we close the book yet? I think so. Yeah, if you want to I mean, wait till road America and Atlanta super speedway. So we need, we would need four more. We need five more because you've got four guys right now in on, on wild card basically. So yeah, you would need five different winners. I just, I don't see it. I don't see five guys outside the playoffs. Well, right now, what, what about even four just to make every note that nobody gets in the playoffs on points, 16 different winners, you know, uh, four yeah. more. Um, do you think Eric Almirola is going to win a race? I don't. No. Uh, I mean, he's out right now. Kevin Har- also, Can I say something like Kevin Harvick? I've been really mm-hmm. hard on him. He's come around. He's had a good, another good run today. He had some speed. He was running with those guys for a while. And, and another the finish wasn't indicative of how they ran tonight. So that team is starting to kind of come, you know, come to light a little bit. Yeah. You know, I saw Rodney Childers tweet afterwards, and he seemed to be regretting that they pitted. Mm. Uh, he ends up coming back to finish 10th after they pitted, but, uh, had he stayed out, that would have been a lot better for them. Uh, he is in the playoffs barely right now over his teammate, Almirola Reddick fell further back 18th place tonight. Um, that they seem to pretty much be in must win territory at this point. Very unfortunate for them, but yeah, Harvick, I mean, it seems like uh, their MO lately has sort of been like, Oh, you know, they, they start off bad and then they sort of rally up to the top five by the end. But, uh, for the Nashville one, he, he actually scored stage points in stage one this time and stage two. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they had, they had a good, yeah. And, and they, you know, they made that pit crew change. They got, uh, some of chase Briscoe's pit crew members and that seemed to help them tonight. They, they didn't seem to have any issues. Um, not like Bubba Wallace at least. So, um, yeah, they seem to be going in the right direction. Are they going to win? I don't know, but they're, yeah, you know, it's possible. It's possible. I, I don't know, but yeah. it's possible. We'll see. Um, yeah. So like, like you said, though, you're kind of running out of um, potential new different winners and all that. But yeah, we'll see. Um, gosh. Okay. Well, I guess it's time to talk about. Uh, my potential rant, which is just frustrating at this point. Oh, that's right. I, am, I forgot about this. This is great. I'm just going to sit back here. We put my feet up. I know what's okay, coming. So listen, I, we've, we've heard the arguments for this and logically they make sense. You want to start your races toward the evening later so that more people are home. You have a bigger audience to draw from. And you get more people to tune in. 
that that makes sense. I get that. But gosh, is it ever frustrating when it doesn't go, uh, I guess, according to plan. To have a 5 p.m. Eastern start time, 4 p.m. local, uh, which is, gosh, that might be the latest um, like non-night race start time, scheduled start time I can ever remember. Is that true? I mean, have you ever heard of a 5 p.m. Eastern? You know, they've, they've started creeping later and later, like, oh, it's 3.30 for Pocono or whatever, or Watkins Glen. Started creeping later and later, but five is like, woo, that's extreme. It, the, the whole Sunday felt so weird because you're waiting, waiting, waiting all day for this race. And, you know, yesterday, I, I hadn't really been paying attention to the weather forecast at all. Of course, Bob fixes that because he tweets yesterday, oh, you know, there's 60%, 60 to 70% chance of rain in the late afternoon tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, really? Yikes. But then NASCAR chose, you know, they have a policy where they can, with 24 hours notice, move up the start time uh, of the race one hour. They did not do that. They they decided to, you know, keep it how it was. They ended up moving the start time by about 20 minutes or something. Um, boy, could they have used that hour though. Now, now of course, you know, it, the race would have probably ended, right? They wouldn't have probably stuck it out for three hours uh, on NBC. NBC would have said, hey, we're at halfway you know, we've, we've got enough laps here. We're halfway. So we don't need to, uh, you know, keep this going. Let's, let's just call it. So it would have been a shortened race, but they would have gotten it in is my point. So I just, uh, it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating because it just feels like NASCAR sometimes, or NBC in this case, probably was one of the one start time is shooting themselves in the foot. You know, they have, they take over, it's okay. Hey, wow. Uh, you know, we're, we're starting this season. You know, we, we had this off week to have the break between Fox and NBC. We're starting NBC's portion. We're picking up with all this momentum. Let's talk about NBC. Oh, here we come 20 straight weeks. And then it's like, oh my gosh, like this rain delay is, it was a very Dover esque situation where you're like, if only they'd started earlier. Now, luckily NASCAR, uh, Nashville had lights, which bailed them out. But unfortunately, you know, having to move it to from NBC to USA and then not not moving the coverage over, but saying, OK, we'll we'll just pick it up on USA at some undetermined point later in the night. Maybe you should watch Law and Order reruns until that happens or just check Twitter or whatever. But most of your viewing, you know, we always hear, oh, Twitter, Twitter's not representative of the real world. Twitter's not representative of real life. There's not that many people on Twitter. So you're kind of screwed then without the Twitter people, uh, you know, trying to figure out when the, if the race is restarting or not. Um, I got a text from my dad. Uh, he was watching the avalanche game here in Denver tonight. And he was like, uh, did the NASCAR race get rained out? And this is like when it was still ongoing or it had picked up again. I was like, no, it's back on dad, you know, but how's he supposed to know? You know what I mean? Like, he's not, I mean, like how are those people supposed to know? So I, I'm sure it's going to take a big hit on the ratings um, and I don't know, the whole thing is just so frustrating when you feel like it's so avoidable and you know, there's going to be often late afternoon storms in the South in the summer. So that's just how I feel about it. I don't know. It's just frustrating. I mean, I, I get, I get why, but it's still frustrating. You got to take the risk. I think it's still always the, the pros. For what, though? for what, for what, what's the risk? You're going to get like 5% more. Ratings. Five percent is a big number. 
Are you kidding me? In this in this in this day and age, five percent is a big number. The okay, but now how much less are you getting? Because we, oh, go ahead. The opportunity to be on prime time network television on Sunday night, the most viewed night of the week. Your partner comes to you and says, "Hey, we're going to put you on on a late Sunday, and we're going to put it bleed over into prime time." You're not going to tell them, you know what? We're good, thanks. We'd like to be on at noon. No, you, you want to be the opportunity to maximize yourself in front of it, the most eyeballs possible. It's a great opportunity. You'd be silly to turn that down. And, and I, the whole thing, yes, it, it, you know, hindsight 2020. If you would have told me that, hey, this is what's going to happen, it would have sucked. Well, a year ago, you didn't have this issue at Nashville, and the weather was fine throughout the day and throughout the night. So you don't know what the weather forecast is. It's a little bit more tolerable here than, this, than Florida or somewhere else where you know at three o'clock the storms are going to roll in. The opportunity is, is something that in this day and age, sports leagues are clamoring to be in prime time network television. And here you're saying that NASCAR should say, no, we're good. Thanks. Come on. That's and at a time when you're trying to, to pop the highest television rating possible so to, to juice your uh, next television contract, come on. And you put it on at noon, 1 o'clock, then you're thinking about the West Coast. So you're, you're then you're expecting the West Coast people to roll out of bed and to watch your product. That's going to be the only sports property out there that says, we're not going to put our games on at the most advantageous time possible we're going to actually put it on at a time where it, it, you know, less people are probably going to watch. Uh, the NFL would like to have a word with you, Jordan, who has 1 p.m. kickoffs. That's, that's not, that is not their primetime games. They're, 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 hang on, wait a second here. You, you can't say it. On Sundays, there's three windows for the NFL. There's one, there's four, and there's eight. And but, people get up at 10 a.m. on the West Coast. I lived in California the, for years. I understand that. And then, yeah. Okay. But the best games, the best games are at four or eight and you want, and the NFL will tell you that they will put their, they, they schedule their best games for the most people possible. So when you've got two marquee teams playing, they're not playing at one o'clock they're playing, you know, they're in, if there's enough chase Elliott fans out there who are loyal to their fan, if they're, their driver and are willing to get up at 10 AM on the West coast, then great. But that statistically isn't there to make it worthwhile. I, I don't think that in the long run, because now you look at look at what happened with this, the the ratings from this race or the momentum or whatever. Um, I think it's it's gonna, you know, we're gonna see the effects of this down the line from other ratings because usually, it NASCAR needs sort of like the carryover from one sure. week to the next, and you know if you've lost people, uh, you know it's gonna be harder to get them back. Um, especially for, you know, now, now I think there's only two more NBC races, the rest of the regular season. Now yeah, it's all going to I, I, USA, listen, right? So I, I get it. I, I understand it, but also you have to take into account. And I understand in this day and age that at track attendance takes a backseat to television, right? You know, viewership that obviously, but you're, if you're going to do a race here at one o'clock, the conditions are brutal. It's hotter than heck. It, it, you you got traffic issues getting in here and everything else. It, you're just you you are setting yourself up to 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 for your ticket buying audience. They are going to be displeased. Well, then let them the, the, let them have coolers. Then <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> let them have coolers and come at one o'clock, or don't hold a Nashville race in the middle of June. I don't know. Like 
there's other things you can do if you're worried about the heat, but I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I just think it's so self-defeating to be in this situation where you could have had everybody tuned in at one time. Even if you'd done your three thirty starts, you could have gotten the race in, you know what I'm saying? Or you could have gotten it easily to halfway easily. So it's just, I, I, I just think it's, it's shooting yourself in the foot essentially. It's, and it's a risk. For, You're it, taking a bit of a it's risk. It's a big gamble. It's a big, it's a risk, it's a but we know that we, we have seen the numbers. Like they, they are willing that NASCAR is willing to, to, NASCAR, NASCAR has told us, you know, just to reiterate, we've talked about this before, but you know, they're, they're essentially willing to, you know, sort of sacrifice two races per year to mother nature, uh, and, and, and take that hit. And they still feel like it's, um, it overall, it, it's still better in the long run. Uh, even including those two races, it's provided that's um, not the Daytona 500. <laughs> yeah. But so now you've sort of had, um, you've had two because yeah. of this exact situation. You've used your Dover, moments. Dover and this, and, and, you know, obviously this didn't get moved to Monday, but it's, you know, it took a big hit. So it wasn't what NBC wanted for their big splashy rollout. And I thought their coverage was very good, by the way. I, I really, I mean, the one moment that I thought was so good was that, um, that illustration that they had and from the cutaway car with Steve Letard explaining it, um, uh, of the hub and all that stuff with the, the one, the center lug nut, um, with the red, the little red thing locking. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know that. Did you know there was a red thing that popped out and that was how you told so Yeah, I was how they, they, I never knew there was a red, little red thing. Yeah. You knew that? Yeah. Well, it's the team teams talk about it before. Yeah. Come on. You did not know the little red part. Oh I've talked to people about this, but I thought I will agree with you. The illustration that he had was fantastic. It was the best illustration. The whole thing about how everything locked in. Yes, it was. It was, it was the, you're best. telling me you knew the little red thing that popped out the little red thing I, that they showed. Maybe you I'm thinking about of something that. else. But, but you didn't know the holes. We, we knew the holes. We knew that they lock it in, but the little thing where they lock it and then the red tab pops up to show that it's locked. You knew about that? I feel like I've I'm heard this. BS. I feel like I'm I've heard this. I'm calling BS, folks. Fine. I'm calling BS. I talk to people. That's fine. You talk to people, but nobody. You, you're standing around the garage. Or somebody's like, "Man, I tell you what, this little red thing that pops up—that's really been ooh." People, are, I've never heard somebody talk about that. You feel people talk about get the wheel, you know, tight or not, but I don't know. Anyway. He did a great job. It was it was the most it was the most straightforward, simplistic way to explain a very complex problem that I've seen. Well, and their graphics were really good too. I mean, it was like it was very it was very well it was a, done. It was a very good broadcast, very professional broadcast. Um, so I, I don't know. Is it is it time to talk about the good race poll, or do you like to talk about looking something at something else from this race? Um, a quick question for you: Nashville Super Speedway track itself. Does it have a long-term future in NASCAR? Or is this just a placeholder for the fairgrounds? Hmm. It feels a place. It feels like a placeholder. Well, yeah. It's tough to say. Um, it is. How is it tough? I guess you're assuming that the fairgrounds thing is really going to happen. Fairgrounds happen, and again, I'm 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 very much the same as you. Like I will believe it when I see it. But let's just say it happens. Well, there's no need. There's no need then to have Nashville Super Speedway if the fairgrounds is there. You don't need two Nashville races a year. 
or if you do put them both at the fairgrounds. Fair you enough. Know, why, why do you need to go now? That said, I mean, Nashville super speedway, it's put on two decent races. It was fine today. Uh, but I've never been there, but sounds like from you, it's pretty far out of town. It's in Illinois. It's Nashville land. And I say that because it's like Chicago land, like Joliet is not Chicago. This is not Nashville. It is in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Chase Elliott was making a great point that he's made several times, um, about the fairgrounds after the race. And, and it's such a good point because he was saying that, you know, the fairgrounds is so important, not just because the track's history, but because it's basically in the city yeah, and you're never going to be able to build another NASCAR track, like near a downtown of a city. Um, and they have this opportunity to go there and do that. And so that's why it's so important because, um, every other track you go to, whether it's, you know, Homestead outside Miami, uh, you know, it, it's, they're, they're not in the city center. Um, you know, that, that will, that's what was so special about the clash being in, in LA this year, right? Like it was so different than Fontana because you brought it to the people and that's what the fairgrounds could do too. So, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think if you did, if that did come to fruition, you wouldn't need Nashville super speedway, but I'm sort of skeptical, not skeptical, but I'm just kind of like, uh, show, yeah, show it to me. Don't tell yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, I'm just kind of, I mean, there's a lot of talk about it and it's like, is it ever going to happen? It's like North Wilkesboro. It's the same thing. Well, that, that happened, didn't it? Well, they're going to have a race there. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they might have some more bigger races possibly. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So is it, is it time for the, was it a good race poll? Because, Let's do it. uh, I got to find big Joe walls tweet here because I've got to find my crown. Very interesting stats about how well you've been doing lately. Which really, I mean, I I knew you were doing great lately, but holy cow, like this has been, I'm going to start hating the poll. Never uh, want to give me any credit for anything. So uh, you've won four in a row, longest streak either of us have had this season. You've won eight out of the last 10. I won six of the first eight races. I was like, oh, this is going to be. You peaked too soon, bud. Yeah, I did. And, and you were talking about, oh, I hate the poll. I hate the poll. You know, why are we even doing this? Now you've won eight, eight out of 10, eight out of 10. That's, that's really, uh, that's remarkable. Um, so boy, I don't know what's going to happen with this one, but you get to go first. So please be my guest. Rain didn't help. The, the long delay didn't help. Good race though. Popular winner for whatever that's worth. 75%. That's tough because like you said, I think, I think some people will vote no because of the, because of the rain or because of moving it to USA or they'll say, I didn't get to see the finish. So no. Can I throw I another component the in there too that you have uh-huh. to consider? There are going to be people who there's going to be a Fox backlash and they're going to look at this and be like, this wasn't on Fox and this was on NBC that I'm just voting yes for that. That's true. That's true. You saw a lot of that on Twitter tonight. A lot of uh, a lot of Fox digs from people. Um, be, you know what? You know what the funny thing is, though, Jordan. Everybody, this, and I'll get to my guess in a minute. But everybody, every year, by the time the Fox season is <laughs> over, they go, "Oh, thank goodness, Fox is done. Can't wait for NBC." Uh-huh. Then you get, you know, midway uh-huh. late toward the NBC portion, 
and it completely flips uh-huh. and it's like oh my gosh nbc i can't stand them they do blah, this, blah, blah, this, blah. And this and this yeah, this Rick guy Allen talks too much says, yeah and then and then they say i can't wait for fox Can, i won't say what it is because i will not throw you underneath the bus but you already took a shot at nbc this weekend i did you did i won't i won't say what it is because i don't want to throw you underneath the bus but yeah you did oh I, I it was really yesterday remember. I don't remember. Sorry. Um, but yeah. So the, but to, that proves your point though. Like it's just, it's short memory. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 75% is a very good guess. Um, uh, gosh, I'm sorry. I don't want to waste any more time with this. <laughs> well, some of us prepare for this segment, Jeff. Like you asked me my answer. I gave it to you. Cause you know why? Well, th- that was sp- just a really, really good guess. Yeah, I, know, you know I don't why, know whether though? to go because higher or lower. Time and I put energy and I care. And that is why I have success doing this. If you put a little more time into this, maybe you would do better. You know what? I missed 20 minutes of the race tonight watching my team, the Colorado Avalanche, win the Stanley Cup for the first time in 21 years. Yeah. And I, I so, you know, I, maybe I, maybe those 20 minutes were key to... Uh, Where's your dedication? You're was, out lit, you know, shooting off fireworks and you're whatever your neighborhood. And some of us got a job to do, Jeff. You're out, I know. You know. I did slack. I, I admit it. But like I said, 21 years. Uh, oh, the drought. Wow. Try being a Minnesota sports fan and get back to me. Okay. <laughs> the last time. Anyway. Yeah. So just, just stop. It, it doesn't, you know, you've got the Broncos. You, you've got the, the avalanche of one titles. Like just stop. Uh, the answer is 75.1. Wow. <laughs> okay. 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 That's what that's what that just brought out of me. Oh, so. Okay, that's cute. That's there you oh, go. Yeah. Bitter and petty. Seventy five point one for me. Yeah. All right. Well, next week's Road America, and uh, we'll see if that is a good road course race. Hopefully, it will be. Um, we last? Is it the last road race at Road America for a while? It may be. It may be. I kind of want to talk a little bit of SRX too, but um, I feel like. Well, we will talk SRX. Next Should we talk time. Truex coming back? You want to get any comments on that? I was surprised. Yeah, we, could, we could talk about that real quick. Uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised. I thought all of his comments were leaning toward retirement, retirement. Oh, I'm just considering it. And he's like really making sure he wants to retire. And then it was like, oh, no, actually, I'm going to come back. What? Yeah, no. Why? He, he asked, I asked the question and he gave his answer. And I was just like, it, it was like, a, just a, kind of like, whoa, did I hear this right? <laughs> Well, I, I, I read the transcript and um, he didn't seem like he wanted to even talk about his reasons or go into his reasons. He didn't want to go much. in depth in the conversations he had with people, like the personal stuff. Does that make sense? But he he, talk, yeah. he talked about he's still loving, he loves the guys, he's having fun and that kind of thing. So, but he didn't. Why is he having fun? It doesn't look like he's having fun. He, he has, has a, it's a, a misnomer though. He's not having a bad season. Like he's not having a, Martin Truex Jr. esque season, but he's been close to winning a lot this year, three, four, five times. Like a couple things flip, he's got two, three wins. I mean, it's not like I mean tonight's a perfect example. Like he was right in the mix tonight, and then he, you know you look at the box score and he finishes, you know, twenty first, twenty second. But he's he's been good. He just hasn't he didn't they haven't closed out. So you know, and like you said, Toyota's getting better. So who knows. So Martin Truex Jr.'s average finish this season mm-hmm. right now is 14.4. Mm-hmm. That is on pace to be his worst average finish 
since 2014 mm-hmm. um, when he was with Furniture Row and it was like pre-Colpern Furniture Row mm-hmm. with Todd Barrier. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I get that he's not having a terrible season, but, you know, he's obviously winless. He only has two top fives in 17 races. Uh, you know, he's he's not really leading laps for the most part, he had a good, he led lap 82 laps. In Arguably had the fastest car, uh, Darlington earlier this year, got crashed out, finishes 24th, had a really good car tonight, led 82 laps, finishes 22nd. I mean, it's just, it's that kind of season where again, the, the results aren't indicative of where they're running. They had a fast car at Fontana, but they had overheating issues. They couldn't overcome that. I mean, he only was running second at Las Vegas with a couple laps to go and, and want to finish second. Then that caution comes out and he finishes wherever he, where did he finish their eighth? So it's just, you start adding this stuff up and yeah, I mean, your, your average finish is going to take a hit. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Well, um, yeah, good, good to talk to you. Uh, I hope you go get some sleep. Um, now that it's well past 1am Nashville time and, uh, we'll be back with you next week. And if you're listening to this on the teardown feed on like Apple podcasts or Spotify, make sure to check back for my 12 questions interview with Dale Earnhardt Jr. from last week, but that will be posted uh, on the free feed uh, coming up this week. So check that out as well. Thanks everybody for listening. And we will talk to you next time on the teardown.